Hey everybody, we're going to finish out our cult series with part three. We're going to look at four different cults and some of the craziness that, that they are and what makes them up. It's going to be really cool, so sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. You are at the intersection of faith, politics, and culture. I am one of the hosts, Turner, and I'm joined in the studio by my brother, Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Did, yeah. you, have, did you have a good week? Yeah, I did. Yeah? I, uh, I went to the March for Life on Friday. Nice. It was the first time I ever went. Yeah. And it was super overwhelming because it was really cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I got to go, I got a media access pass. <laughs> oh, nice. So uh, I got to go and, you know, uh, we were talking about this earlier and you said it was really funny um, because I was dre- I totally unprepared, <laughs> dressed way too, like, badly for it. Yeah. Just for the weather, I wasn't thinking because it was all muddy and just mud (laughs) like all the snow was melting to turn into mud but it was really wet and i wore really bad shoes i didn't wear boots or anything like that and so uh lost feeling in my feet and we ended up probably walking five or six miles that day because we were just record like filming and walking back and forth and back and forth so were you working as like a like a like an assistant on a crew or were you uh that's what we told people (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so my buddy was there working and filming? Yeah, and so he was just telling people, uh, which is it was just crazy. We just walked up to the media tent, and everyone was like, "Oh, hey, what's up, dude?" You know, are you allowed to say his name? Uh, I, I won't say his name. Oh, okay, All yeah. Right. Um, so they're like, "Oh, here," and like gave us passes, and he was like, "Yeah, uh, you know, they some people recognize me, yeah, from other stuff," and they're like, "Oh, yeah, what are you doing here?" And, uh, and Nate, my buddy was. <laughs> My but no, right, Nate. My my friend Nate was like, "Oh, he's my uh, he's my field producer." Like wink, wink, and they're all like, "Oh, cool, wink, wink." Like no worries. Yeah. But yeah, so I dressed like a bum. And I, you know, we're walking in and out, like all these people and senators and Pence was there and That's Shapiro awesome, was there. But dude, yeah. so like so two things I just want to say for our listeners because yeah. they don't get to see you because you're yeah. kind of you're kind of like anonymous here and uh you dress totally casual like you wear short you're one of those guys that wear shorts all the time yeah so i you wore <laughs> shorts on friday which was it was no i didn't wear shorts oh, i wore you didn't. long pants oh i thought you wore shorts okay I, yeah i should have worn shorts okay but it was too cold <laughs> it was too cold people would have really looked at me weird right <laughs> and all the tattoos i would not have fit in yeah you have tattoos everywhere yeah do you know the number of tattoos that you have the amount we just do it by hours Okay, like how, how many hours? I don't know. Well, I guess, but like, like in, individual tattoos, what do you say? Because some of them are big, though. Well, I have three, both my legs done. I got a full sleeve and then like a three-quarter sleeve, so. A lot. Hour, like, I don't know, 100 hours. Is I've your probably back, gotten, back or chest done yet? No, no, I've been waiting for that because I want to find an artist to do like big pieces. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. So yeah, your tattoos are there, but. But you dress in such a way that you're really casual. Yeah, and too so, casual. Probably. So you're in you're in a, a place where like the vice president is <laughs> and, and all these senators <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, 
and people and you have you have like the supreme pass so you can get anywhere <laughs> yeah. get anywhere i looked like i was hopeless <laughs> yeah i That's probably awesome. did <laughs> they're like security's like oh, check out this guy make sure he didn't steal this pass from yeah <laughs> um how many people would you estimate that were there uh like hundreds of thousands oh yeah i don't know maybe 400 500 000. wow Half there million, were huh? so many people yeah so, so many everything I'm seeing is that there's this indication that the next generation coming up is very, very conservative and very, very pro-life. Mm-hmm. They, they call them Gen Z, I think. Yeah, Gen Z. And, and they're like really claiming or that. Or Zoomers. Oh, Zoomers. I yeah, love I like that. Because that it's Boomer but with the Z. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that, Zoomers. Yeah, but I, w- I was going to say um, I saw so many minorities. And mm. I, I don't think this is a surprise to anyone listening. Yeah. Because we're all like, yeah, of course. But the majority of the pro-life movement is women, good and young women. There's so many young women, good. Like when you say young, though, are they like, like high high schoolers? Oh, okay, so pre-marriage, pre. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So many. That's cool. Yeah, that's really a good thing. Um, so yeah, there was tons, so many young people. Yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. What an awesome experience! I'm yeah, really so glad. Really cool. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, so I'll say this though: this is yeah. going to sound maybe kind of conceited, or not not conceited. That's the wrong word. Yeah. Um. But unless I was going with, like, a big group of people, um, I wouldn't want to actually participate. Like, if I go back, I only want to do it so that I have a pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like you. It's your introvertedness. You just, yeah, it's I don't too many to, people. Yeah, yeah. So, that was overwhelming. And it was kind of cool. Like, people walking up, like, oh, yeah, where are you from? And, you know, we say where we're working. And they're like, oh, that's well, it's cool. Is so, it majority, like, conservative um, yeah. news places and like uh, media and stuff or were there a few of the liberals i'm sure there's liberal ones there too yeah because i i mean cause it's the biggest march it really happens, is so it, it, yeah but you wouldn't know that by the media no because nobody covers it yeah so i saw like a time-lapse video of the whole march yeah i think the actual march for life account like posted it yeah and it's five minutes of time-lapse for the whole crowd to walk wow so in high speed in high speed yeah like speed wow, so it's amazing there you go. Well, man, I just we just pray that God will move and hear our prayers to end that violence of abortion, man. Yeah. That's the cuz it is. It's really violent. It is. It's yeah. murder. I mean, it's literally murder. Yeah, so it doesn't right. get more violent than murder, right? And remember remember when we were talking about this like not to we're going to get in our series in a second, but remember when we were talking about this and and something that really stuck with me, I um I didn't come up with this, but someone said it to me. I'm trying to remember where I heard it or I read it, but if you're going to be a pro-life Christian that's pro-life, like most of our listening audience, a majority of our listening audience right now are Christians, and you're pro-life, you're pro-life because God had, uh, not because that baby's made in God's image, because every human's made in God's image, Right. you're pro-life because that baby was a thought in God's mind before time began. Mm-hmm. It was in his mind that the, that life would come to be. So it's not even a progressive, like, oh, when does life start? Does it start in the womb at conception? It starts preconception. Right. So we have no right to take that life at any stage. Um, there is no good, there is no permissible time to end a life like that, you yeah. know, in a circumstances uh, that might present themselves. So I just thought that was kind of cool, you know, to, to think about in terms of, uh, you know, how, how that goes. But all right. So that's cool. We'll, yeah. we'll probably we'll probably jump into more pro life issues down the road. Um, we should sometime. I I think that'd be a fun fun thing to do a podcast on. Yeah, but we're gonna continue in our. Oh, before co- that, yeah, yeah. Did you know? Oh yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> what do you know, man? 
All right. So, did you know that if you were invisible, you would also be blind? Because your eyes are lined with photoreceptors <laughs> that reflect light. So the way your eyes work is that they reflect light. So if your entire body was invisible, light would pass right through your eyes, not touch the photoreceptors, and there would be nothing to work with. So you'd be blind. That's amazing. I love that one. Is that good? That's so strange to think about, too. Yeah. If you were invisible, you'd be blind. Yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, because it has to receive, it has to have some kind of... Thing. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I yeah. guess I guess we've been lied to all these years. Yeah, the Invisible Man yeah. and H.G. Wells. Yeah. All these, all those things. There's always invisible things. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of invisible, we have our series on cults. <laughs> How'd you like that segue? Good segue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we're part three here of the cults, and uh, last week you did a phenomenal job of outlining three of your favorite obscure cults, and it was just really awesome to listen to that uh to you go through those those different cults yeah i hope it wasn't too boring no man it was a lot of fun i actually went back and listened to the entire podcast which i don't typically do that with our podcast because i'm here when we do it um i mean i'll listen to parts of it for quality and make sure that the levels are good and that kind of stuff but i don't listen through but i was enjoying listening to it and so this week i'm gonna take on three that i found in my research that i want to share with everybody and um, and so we'll go over those and we'll talk about it and um, we'll just see where it goes from here. But in the news this week, just ironically, um, this came across my news feed actually on, on Friday when you were at the pro-life uh, rally. I was uh, reading my phone and uh, <laughs> but the, the Fox News ran an article and it says Charles Manson follower Lynette Squeaky Frome. <laughs> That's her name. Squeaky is her nickname. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, is living life as a very friendly neighbor in rural New York. It says, Charles Manson devotee, whose claim to infamy, infamy is being the first woman ever to try and to assassinate a U.S. president, is now said to be living out her life as a very friendly neighbor <laughs> while simultaneously trying to keep a low profile in rural upstate New York. Uh, Lynette Squeaky Frome who was settled down in Marcy, about 45 miles east of Syracuse, is living in a skull-decorated, ramshackled home. She shares, get this, she shares with her boyfriend, a Manson-obsessed ex-con who killed his brother-in-law and is now working at a nearby correction facility. What? How, that whole statement right there. Yeah. First of all, Manson-obsessed, legally insane. (laughs) Secondly... Killed his brother-in-law, life in prison murderer, right? Third of all, he's a felon. He should not be working at a prison system, right? right? There should be laws about these things, right? I'm sure. Yeah, that's weird. I don't understand. New York's messed up, right? It's one, yeah. of, it's one of the most liberal states we have. So this goes to show like how their laws are working. But uh, he works at a cor- correctional uh, facility, and uh, it says they don't get involved in drama. One neighbor told the newspaper, uh, "They're not ones to uh, to come out saying, oh, look who I am,' bragging about their past.' <laughs> I can imagine." Uh, another neighbor described uh, Frome as being very friendly and said that she is she is usually with her her neighbor who also has a dog. Her boyfriend happens to be sixty eight years old. His name is Robert v- Valdner. Uh, reportedly pled guilty to manslaughter in 88 and the shooting death of his brother-in-law. Uh, the New York Post says that he started writing to Frome in prison in 92, and they were both in, while they were both in prison, due to his admiration for Charles Manson. 
and he knew that she was connected to him uh, and that he keeps uh, a baseball bat, which is which, as he made clear to the two post reporters who approached him, he is not afraid to use. So he carries a baseball bat around with him all the time. So um, that's interesting. So, uh, oh, and she, the, check this out too. It says uh, it says that they emerged in 2009. Um, a year later, they were on an Inside Edition uh, segment. Uh, that was spotted at their Walmart, and she jumped. She jumped into her SUV with a bumper sticker on the back that said "Born Again Pagan." <laughs> and uh, so, um, anyways, that's uh, that's uh, craziness right there, just just personified. And if anything, that's just a testimony to how these cults really screw with people. Yeah. Before you go any further, yeah, uh, I'm gonna give you a double. Did you know? Oh, great. So here's the second. Did you know? Okay. Bird Box, that movie on Netflix that everyone is talking about, yeah, was filmed at Charles Manson's house. What? Yeah. Did you see it? No. no. You haven't seen it? No. Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah. It's okay. ironic to say I saw it because everything is blindfolded. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know the story. I know it was actually interesting. It held my attention. It's suspenseful. Um, you know. Yeah. But uh, so it was kind of cool. It reminded me of a Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, think it's the same concept, which, except. By the way, they're making a prequel to that. Yeah, with aliens. Is it? It's when they arrive and stuff. Yeah, and like yeah. how they get there. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So it was filmed in uh, Charles Manson's house. That's cool, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, kind of cool, I suppose. Evil. He's not going to use that house. He's <laughs> no. locked up forever. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you you get want to you want to hear my first of my f- I have four that I'm going to share t- tonight. So the first one is, and this is really interesting. It's called Church of the Bible Understanding. Well, okay. that doesn't sound like a cult. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Let's see it. It's, well, uh, excuse me. Church of the Bible of Understanding. Incidentally, there was a Seinfeld episode that was based off of this cult, and it was if you're if you're a Seinfeld buff, you'll remember it. It was the episode with Sunshine Cleaning Crew. I don't know if you remember them. Uh, the the Sunshine Carpet Cleaners. It was yeah. a, it was an episode of Seinfeld, and it was based off of this cult. Mm-hmm. So uh, this cult came out of New York, another uh, New York uh, good times there, and it was an evangelical commune that had over ten thousand members at one time. Uh, Stuart Trahill started the group after being expelled from a Pennsylvania Pentecostal church, and he soon had a throng of young men living in a virtual poverty under his wing. Uh, the church started a number of legitimate businesses, including a van sales uh, and a van sales lot and a carpet cleaning business. So that's that's where you get the Seinfeld episode right, right. coming off of it. Um, it says the group splintered under accusations of enticing orphaned minors to join them and forcing members to give virtually all of their money to trail. Um, as recently as 2013, the group was under fire for running two substandard orphanages in Haiti. Despite millions raised by the group uh, to run them, uh, the money was mishandled. Remember uh, that uh, the idea of a business and like uh, a whole uh, coming into people's like serving people to make money and all of that um, just to advance the kingdom was or advance their cult kingdom, I should say, uh, yeah. the evil kingdom uh, was all part of their plan to just be, get wealthy. So this is like crazy, but they called themselves the Church of Bible Understanding, and uh, they grew up to over ten thousand people. Yeah, it's a lot. I know, and and you know, so this is like it's a classic case of twisting the truth 
getting people, and this is why I think I said this last week, it's really important for us to know the doctrines of the Bible and understand orthodoxy. Right, right. When I say orthodoxy here, I mean like traditional Christianity, widely accepted essentials for what is salvation, what is faith, who is God, what is sin, is the de- who is the devil, those basic things that we sometimes take for granted after you've been in, in, in church for a long time or raised in it. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's they take this they take these uh, these Bible truths and they twist them just enough to where they sound like they're you know uh, they they sound like they're uh, you know the truth but they're just off a little bit yeah you know and I mean let's be honest that was the same tactic that Satan used with Eve you know and you know he he says it, did he really say you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden, right? right? You know, like when the temptation was there, and she's like, he said we couldn't eat from any tree. Did he really say any tree? It was no, it was one tree. You were right, right? Just that tree, right? So at any rate, uh, the church the of Bible understanding that they're still around, but t- 2013 is recently the last five years they were already being uh, arrests being made and things like that for. <laughs> you know, having these business. And it's a common thing. Um, there's another local, I would say they're a cult um, here where we live. I mentioned one uh, two weeks ago, um, not by name, but um, there's another one that's local and they have farms and they require the people to work certain hours. And you basically the people that end up there are homeless. <laughs> and so they work there, they get fed everything. They don't make any money, but they also have these um, farmer markets and things and they make money off of those, so it's free labor. I have heard about that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's local here where yeah. we live, and uh, they actually have like an an actual um, building, beautiful building, stone right off of a really busy road, and mm. they make sandwiches and they have all this organic grown food and vegetables, and you can, you know, and they have an orchard and stuff. So, um, but the people that are there, I met a guy that left there. It just really screwed with them. Yeah, I bet. But they put them to work, and it's you know, like like I said, the two common traits, right? What are they? Money and sex. Those are right, usually yeah. the two things. So, um, anyways, that's the Church of Bible Understanding, and um, I would say if you go to a church and they say, "Hey, we're all about the Bible. Give us all of your money, <laughs> <laughs> all of it. One, all of one hundred percent is ours." You know. Well, see, that's when you can pull that uh, thing where, like, well, God only wants ten percent. Why do you, Why do I have to give a hundred percent to you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, you, honestly, it's... I mean, it's all even though it's all God's. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the thing. Not even 10% isn't... Paul said in Corinthians, on that note, I'm just to, yeah, to yeah. share with you. This will set some people free here. <laughs> Paul said, don't give under any compulsion. Give freely what each man desires in his own heart. Right. So what you choose to give in your heart, that's what you should give. And with the understanding that it's all God's and it comes from God. So being generous is really... The is really what the aim is, and, right? Uh, so you know, if it's all of your money, then give all of it. You know, I mean, if that's what God tells you, yeah. You know, but anyways, all right. Number two, it's this is a little little bit stranger. They're gonna get a little stranger. My last one that I'm gonna do is my favorite one to talk about. So yeah, uh, Kashi Ashram. <laughs> okay, it's K A S H I Kashi Ashram, like the uh, the granola company, right? Yeah, Kashi. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in the 1970s, a New York housewife saw visions of Jesus and two Hindu spirit guides. Uh, they gave herself a new name and started her own religion. 
Her new name became Ma Jayasati Bhagvati. So, so Ma Jayasati Bhagvati. I, I think I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> yeah, you uh, definitely are. It sounds like it. Uh, yeah. She was the founder of the Kashi Ashram, a spiritual group that became famous in the 90s and the early 2000s and was beloved by many celebrities like Julia Roberts. Huh. Uh, the religion promised kindness and compassion, but ex-members accused Ma Jaya uh, of turning herself into a deity, telling followers the guru is greater than God. So she she got these followers, she grew, grew in fame, and uh, even some celebrities were, you know, attaching themselves to this this cult, this, you know, Kashi Ashram cult. And she then claims to be God, like she's a better than God, that God is dead, and she, the, she, the guru, is greater than God. Um, according to an investigation in the Miami New Times, dozens of former Kashi residents accused Ma Jaya, uh, Ma I think is mom, but Ma Jaya, and the movement of physical abuse, psychological control, kidnapping, and sexual assault. Mm. Uh, these mostly included beatings, either performed by Ma Jaya herself or ordering someone else to do it for her. At one point, she reportedly punished a boy whom a member had molested by beating him, then painting his penis black and Ugh. making him parade around the grounds of their compound. So that's screwed up. <laughs> yeah. That's a little met. Julia Roberts, if you're listening to this, get away. This is not healthy. Ma Jaya is weird and uh to say the least. Kashi Ashram is bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh so here we go again. Sexual misconducts, all kinds of perversions happening. Uh I mean, who would take a boy who had been molested and then abuse him even further by painting his penis black, which is disgusting, and then parading him around nude around the whole compound for people to just make fun of him and mock him? I don't understand. Yeah, and I mean this is supposed to be an ashram, uh, what is that? Is that Hindu? Yeah, it's probably Hindu, because she was seeing the two Hindu gods with Jesus. Yeah. So, which just wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it says here that, uh, so, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. Majaya was also obsessed with children, uh, possibly as a result of having several miscarriages with her second husband. Check this out. Former former members reported having to ask Majaya's permission to have kids. So they had they had to ask her for permission to have children. That's actually really common in, in cults? cults. Yeah. Yeah. Like they I guess depending on it, but you know, you hear from uh, a lot of ex-cult members from all different types. Yeah. And it's all like that's a huge thing that they control is how many kids or another yeah. another big thing i don't know if they you'll get into this but also choosing spouses for you oh yeah within the cult so they'll say like you two have to go and have a kid <laughs> that's right yeah. wait we'll wait to hear the rest of this because oh, okay. i'm okay. still okay. i've still got some but this is your your okay. you're totally on on point uh so then she so after they were coerced into handing over their babies um for training so it was indoctrination right so but check this out at least four mothers uh, f- um, at least four mothers from 1978 to 1982 listed Ma or her husband as the biological parents on their child's birth certificate. <laughs> but the worst offense had to be when Ma forced her 14-year-old daughter 
to marry an adult member of the church, ordering her to have sex with him, and then checking to see if she was pregnant. Ugh. Ma Jaya may have died in 2012, but her legacy is, as has not. Kashi Ashram still exists to this day. Hmm. And I wonder if her 14-year-old daughter has anything to do with it or if she's just in recovery for PTSD and, yeah. and you know, massive, you know, trauma, trauma. Yeah. you know, from that. So uh, crazy, man. So this woman, she just has a vision one day. She's a normal, like you would say, a normal housewife, right? Mm-hmm. Just having, she has a vision of Jesus and two Hindu gods. Okay, let's just pause, push pause right now. Let's just, the next time... That you're doing dishes and you look out the window and you see Jesus and two Hindu gods, just stop and ask yourself, is this real? Could this happen? And maybe bounce it off a few people that you care about, that care about you. Hey, I was just wondering, I saw this vision of Jesus and these two Hindu gods. Just curious what you think about that. You know, it's okay. Yeah, depending, they'd probably say like, I need to get the name of your dude. Right, yeah. Your, whatever you're on is uh, who's your dude? freaking crazy. Yeah, I want some of that. Yeah, I've had a rough week. Um, no, but but you know the Bible it, it explicitly tells us to test every spirit. Right, right. So I don't know if my my mama or whatever her name was was a I don't know if Kashi was a uh, was a Christian or not. But if she's seeing Jesus, there's some knowledge or working knowledge of him. There's some understanding of him. Yeah, you know, if she's seeing Jesus, visions of Jesus. So, um, yeah, but, but it seems like that's also something. Um, and so the reason I brought up if it was a Hindu thing, because it seems like Hindu and Buddhism, like they get stolen. So I would not knowing anything about this cult, probably assume just from the way that they're talking, that it's probably like new age stuff. Yeah. I think, well, Hindu and new age are like there. I think new age borrows from a lot of Hindu yeah, but I mean, so they would say these things about Jesus to try to gain, like, credibility. Validity, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that totally. Yeah. The problem, but, whenever, whenever you hear these new age or these cults talk about Jesus, it's always in such a, it's so limited in their understanding. You know, it's never, and, and never will it ever be that Jesus is supreme, he's God, he's king of all things. You know what I mean? It'll never be that. Right. It's not like, oh, yeah, Jesus came. And like these two Hindu gods were like working for him. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. Like Jesus is never. Or worshiping him, no, more or less. Right, yeah. right, right. Which would be. More appropriate, at least. That would be pretty crazy. Well, because the Hindu gods, if they even exist, are yeah. probably demons. Right. So, uh, because they have like 600 gods. Hindu is one of those things it's, where they have so many gods. Yeah. And all of them are so evil. Like the one that they. Pray to maybe this is a little bit of a tangent. No, Krishna, Krishna, mm-hmm. the one that they pray to, which is like I guess one of the bigger ones that you always hear, Krishna, whatever. Yeah, she. If you look at like depictions of her, she's like horrifying. Oh yeah, with like bloody knives and like holding six heads arms and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that's on over at the CERN laboratories. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and she's like the god of war or goddess of war. Yeah, yeah. You know, Buddhism, Hinduism, both of those, they, they're very similar in a lot of ways. They're very different, though, in other ways. But, um, and I don't, I'm not an expert by any means. I just know limited, you know, information on them. But what I do know is that they, um, they, they claim to predate all of the, you know, these, you know, religions that come out of the Mesopotamia and all of that. Yeah. So they, they, 
claim to predate, you know, the Abrahamic religions of of you know Judaism and uh, Christianity. Christianity yeah. So, you want to know a quick, really fun fact about yes. Buddhism? Yeah. Like, this is like a little, maybe keep it in your back pocket, listener. Um, if you don't know anything about <laughs> it, and you encounter someone as an apologetic tool or whatever. Yeah. So they one of these things that they always say, you know, from like a Buddhist, you'll hear. I've heard it from them before because I've ran into them, and they've said like, "Oh, you know, like the the teachings of Jesus and all that stuff." You know, that was written like a hundred years after he died. You know, they'll just say something like, right. or the Bible. You know, it wasn't even written. Jesus was dead by the time the New Testament came. You know, for like a generation. You know, they'll say something like that. Right. Yeah. Buddhism. Buddha didn't write anything down, and the first, the earliest writings of claiming to say this is what the Buddha taught are like 700 years after he died. <laughs> so yeah. they don't even have anything close to anyone whose grandfather's grandfather, 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 yeah. grandfather, grandfather would have known. You know what I mean? Right, so right. It was when, just like oral tradition, just kind of, hey, well, that's this what is they, what... That's what they claim. Yeah. But yeah, I just always find that funny when people will like denigrate Christianity. They're like, oh, yeah, when was Romans written? Yeah. Okay. When did Paul write the, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, but yeah, Buddha, this fat dude that sat underneath a tree. Um, Yeah. His writings were 700 years after he died. So just, just take our, you know, that's trustworthy. I always laugh too, because they say that he ascended to heaven. That's the claim for Buddha. Um, I, I believe so. But uh, my dad lived in Thailand for three years, and he sent me pictures of a temple de- yeah. that's dedicated to him. And the temple has Buddha's tooth <laughs> in it. <laughs> so uh, it, that's what they say. So, yeah. so you got Buddha's tooth in this temple, but yet he ascended to heaven. Wait, what? You know, like yeah. where's that? That didn't his teeth not go with him? Like could they just <laughs> <laughs> stay behind? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Which is funny. Again, yeah. So they could hold on to a tooth, but they didn't know and figured to write any stuff down in between 700 years. Right, right. Yeah. They held on to a tooth. Okay. <laughs> right, right. All right. Oh, man. Yeah, we should do an episode on the New Age movement as well. Yeah. Um, I think that needs to be in the works here because, and maybe we can we can talk a little bit at the end because you and I both have been kind of looking into it a little bit, uh, not to not to engage in it but just the dangers of it well i have a lot of friends that are into that stuff so yeah i, I know quite a bit yeah well maybe we'll tag on at the end just free, yeah, yeah. real freeform talk without even having prepared but so uh so yeah that's the uh the kashi ashram cult from the 1970s that's you know still around today and she's dead she died five six years ago um but uh but devastating people's lives uh just controlling them taking their money, abusing them mentally and emotionally and physically and sexually, sexually, just terrible, terrible. So number three, number three, uh, the Ethereum society. I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. Mm. I did not hear of this one, but I, it's crazy. So, uh, so, um, I'm going to read a little bit from an article here. It says, for me, it is often the personalities behind these ideas that fascinate. A similar but admittedly smaller religious group is the Ethereum Society. They're a collection of apparently harmless eccentrics who put their faith in the wise teachings of George King. George King, not King George, George King. A North London cabbie (laughs) by trade. He claimed to be an ascended yoga master. 
who was in direct contact with extraterrestrial voices. <laughs> There's that Hinduism. <laughs> it's like crazy. Uh, principally, a character named Aetherius uh, was the voice that would speak to him. When interviewed about this in retrospect, he described himself as having been in, at the time in a trance uh, or a trance medium who had also contact, had contact with Shakespeare, Sir Oliver Lodge, Sir Thomas Lipton, I don't know who two of those guys are, and two more doctors. Hmm. Uh, apparently, while doing the dishes in his flat, there's something <laughs> about doing the dishes, right? Uh, it must be a spiritual thing. Well, apparently, by doing the dishes in his flat in, in Media Vale, George was chosen by Aetherius to, to relay messages to the world. Remarkably, the BBC broadcast a wonderfully broadcast a wonderfully serious documentary on George, on George's incredible claims, and included a conversation between one of their journalists and Aetherius. <laughs> this is what it says: "Quote: I am name is I am name is Aetherius." Intones George in a cut glass British accent. Uh, where do you come from? The planet Venus. Unfortunately, Aetherius can't tell the interviewer exactly where he's located while sending these messages. I wondered simply whether you were in a vehicle of some kind, but you can't tell me that, asks the interviewer. Uh, no, comes the reply. Nowadays, so so this is an interview, so I guess he went into his trance and he started to speak through the 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 Aetherius was speaking through the cabbie. Yeah. So yeah. he didn't he couldn't he didn't even try to say like, oh yeah, I'm in a cab. An intergalactic well, cab. Yeah, intergalactic <laughs> space cabbie. Uh yeah, but yeah, so like so BBC does this interview with them like that and so it was kind of confusing when I read it there, but yeah. the way it was the way he spake, speaks even is confusing in some weird trance he's my guess in my analysis on this would be that he's possessed that yeah. literally he's possessed or he's like schizophrenic schizophrenic yeah right that's that's a possibility as well yeah. so i was gonna say it's always funny that like there's never any like well, i guess there are but like a cab driver well, i don't understand why people follow a cab driver like if, i've i've r rarely taken cabs <laughs> but if all of a sudden i was in a cab i, I don't know where would i take a cab DC or something. I don't know. Right, right. Or an, an Uber or whatever right. nowadays because no one takes cabs. Right, right. And the guy just looked back at me and was like, yeah, you know, uh, Aetherius is this uh, this dude from Venus. Yeah. Which I thought women were from Venus, right? So maybe it's a she. Yeah, maybe she is. <laughs> but um, yeah, from the book. Yeah, I yeah, know. Men are from Mars, women yeah, from Venus. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's an old time joke. I don't think anyone knows that book anymore. Uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, if, if my cab driver started talking to me about aliens, yeah, I would probably stop, have him drop me off. Yeah, I'd be like, next stop, that's good. Next stop, <laughs> yeah, just stop right here. Or i just play up to it, like, whoa, what's Athena saying? Like, where? Yeah, but it's never anyone that's, like, successful, and then after, you know, like, after they're like, right. yeah, I built this multi-billion dollar company. Uh and they're like, how'd you do it? And he's like, oh, Athenius came like 10 years ago. <laughs> that would be hilarious. They never say that. It's never some super successful person that like credits it. Right. His success to some being and then starts a cult. You yes. Know, after he already has money and power and yes. is, presumably could have sex with hot chicks if that's what you know he wants right. to start a cult. You know, right. Why else yeah. would you start a cult? But yeah, it's, it's always some down on his luck cab driver. Yeah. So the article goes on to say that uh, nowadays King has passed on 
and the Ethereum Society are estimated a number of less than a thousand. They spend their time blessing various landmarks, <laughs> uh, including recently the Old Man of Coinston in Lake in the Lake District. I guess this is in Europe somewhere, uh, leaving magic batteries full of po- <laughs> full of positive energy in key locations. Uh, they've got offices in America and London and Barnsley. So uh, they've got offices here on... That sounds like somewhere in the UK. Barnsley and London, yeah, for sure. But in America, evidently they have an office here somewhere in the States. Uh, Maybe it's another like uh, cab stop or someone's <laughs> cab. Like there's a cab driver and he's like, this is the office. It what, what changes if, location. What if Athelian, Athenian only speaks to cab drivers and like she's like freaking out because Uber's taking off and... and <laughs> <laughs> She's losing disciples. You know, I was thinking this is going to make Catholic friends get pissed off, but you know how they have, like, this is uh, Mother of Guadalupe, who's like the patron saint of... Right, yeah. Whatever. What if Athenius is like the patron god of the cab, cab drivers? <laughs> they have a little icon up on their yeah, dashboard. all the cab drivers that are part of it have yeah. like the... And you ask who that is, and they're like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's my... Athenian. Uh, it sounds... like, that is my dude, Athenian. <laughs> oh, dude. Stop. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny to me, though. But, yeah. So, uh, so I don't know if you've noticed a trend here So of, of the progression of these things. So, one started off as, like, very close to Christianity. Like, it was, like, the yeah. Bible understanding. It came out of Pentecostal movement. It had very many... Um, resemblances to authentic evangelical Christianity. Um, and then we moved into the other one where this lady's seeing Jesus with Hindu gods, uh, and then she proclaims God's, she's God and God's dead or whatever. And then the next one is now we're seeing aliens that's giving us voices. Oh, that's clever how you, how you, how you put, set those up. You like the way I set yeah, this up? Yeah, that's well, smart. Well, what, that's what brings me to my last one, the one that we're going to spend more time on. Okay. Uh, and this is my favorite one to talk about it's called the Raelians, and uh and so here's the here's what I, here's what i found so it says i asked glenn carter the uk president of the Raelian movement if he thought he was involved in a cult look the Raelian movement is a philosophy he replied clearly irritated by my question i followed it because it makes sense I've been I've been debated on radio and television with many many great quote minds unquote and it always boils down to people throwing insults in order to win arguments because the actual debate is easily won by the Raelian philosophy according to Carter Raelian philosophy is one of science human rights and spirituality that said, it was initially inspired by the by their leader Rail, his contact with three with a three and a half foot green skinned alien called Yahweh. Hmm. <laughs> That's a name that religious scholars recognize as one given to the Jewish God, who both Islam and Christianity also claim as their own. That's a mistake in the article. Islam yeah. Islam does not call Yahweh no. uh, God, but but Christianity calls Jesus Yahweh, um, we call him God, right. and we recognize him as God. So, um, all right, so uh, no coincidence, according to Carter, because the prophets of those religions were also talking to the same alien. Oh, <laughs> now we know. He says, it didn't happen only to rail. What do you think an angel that flies in the sky on a fiery chariot is, after all? 
So he's like, is it, you know, what do you but think? Mic of- drop. Right, right. How do you come back from that? Right, right. I, I, I'm, he's an idiot. That's my answer. No, in other words, the world's major religions are all alike to, to cargo cults, uh, but instead built around extraterrestrials and their craft following apparently bewildering, bewilderingly close encounters with them in our past. In a sense... They could be seen as our culture's clever way of adapting and preserving itself in the face of contact with a little green man. Apparently, he's a friendly bloke, and he's he's a bang up for for paying other pay pay. Uh, I'm sorry, this writer is from Britain, and so it's hard to uh, it's hard to the way they write. It's weird. It says uh, so. Let me start over there. It says um, apparently he's a friendly bloke, and he's a, and he's bang up for paying us another visit. I guess that means he's excited. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Uh, so it says, once we're ready. Uh, the description seemed inconsistent with the major religions. Yeah, but you don't know any. You don't know anyone who's ever met God. No one knows what he looks like. Um, the word itself is a translation of Elohim. So he's saying God's mm-hmm. name is Elohim. Now, I think it would be good for us to stop and pick his argument apart. Okay. Because you and I both know, as we've been studying recently, Elohim is a definition of a description, mm-hmm. not a title yep. for God. And it simply means divine ones or divine creatures. Um, and and so, in, for instance, angels, Michael the archangel in the Bible, is an Elohim. He's a divine creature made by God. Right. And he exists and he's been around for as long as anyone knows and he'll go on for as long as anyone knows right so he's this divine he has powers that we don't possess he's created but he's not man um god is identifies himself as elohim as well in genesis chapter excuse me chapter one and so when you see in the creation he says let us make man in our image our being elohim and so elohim is our divine beings God is an Elohim, but not Elohim or not all Elohim are God. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, which I, I think you have to take a minute because yes, you just blew open. Some, you just said something that we. I think we were waiting for maybe to go more in depth, and we probably will. Yeah, but you just said say what you said about Genesis one again because so, this is kind of mind blowing when you actually. So you're not talking about the so. Like typical orthodoxy yeah. would say that that's how um, how do I say it uh, throughout the ages? Like the the most likely thing that you've heard from the pulpit from an orthodox Christian Bible teaching pastor is that when when in Genesis one where it says let let us let us make man in our image plural yeah it's talking about the tri the Trinity. The, the trying God. Cor- cor- well, yeah. So we would. I've even explained it as that, and and it can it can be that, right? Because you have the trying God. It's three distinct God. The God has three distinct individuals, all unique, but all God, equally God, right? So there's no nothing in her- heretical about saying that it is the Trinity, right? But it's much more than just the Trinity, right? Because it involves the angels, it involves the cherubims, it involves Satan. So here's maybe the, a better, I think, a better description of the term Elohim. It's uh, like a geographical or a descriptive term. So uh, you have to think of it like that. It's a 
So like Americans or something like that, or people that were born in America, but not, you know, so the president is an American, but not all Americans are president. Correct. You know, that thing. So So, God is an Elohim and there are other Elohim. So it's nothing special. Like basically the. So, yeah, it's, it's. So think of it this way. Yeah. It's a. Elohim. There's two things that can fall under Elohim. There's God, capital G. Yeah. And then there's God's lowercase g. Yeah. Lowercase g gods are Elohim, just like the Supreme God, you know, our God, Yahweh, is an Elohim. And so when you think of it in that distinction, the, lo- the lowercase g's would be what would be considered the fallen angels, the angels that still held their places of esteem, um, and these created these created entities that help rule over God's creation and serve God. So angels, an- the word angel simply means messenger. They're messengers and they do work, but there's angels identified in Scripture as ministering angels, so they comfort, help. There's guardian angels that protect. There's angels of warfare that would defend and advance. You know, so there's different levels and types. And if we know this about the angelic realm, then that can also be applied to those that rebelled from God, those mm-hmm. third of the angels that fell from the presence of God in the in the fall of Satan and all of that. And so when you think about how that works, Elohim is really a title, but God uses that for his own name. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, uh, when it says, God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them. And the the Hebrew literally would say, God created man, and so it's Elohim uh, bara Adam. So it's Elohim bara Adam, which means God created man. Uh, and then it says, in his own image, in the image of God, and so uh, Islam uh, Isalim Taisalim Elohim. So in his own image, God made them. And so in the image of God, they were made. So God, once again, his name Elohim, um, he made them. And so you have this distinction where we're, we're in Genesis one twenty seven when God speaks of himself in the Hebrew, he uses the word Elohim. And what's the, and we're, we're kind of going off of our cult here, but this is important. This is kind of cool, and it's important to understand as believers. There's other spiritual creatures other than just God that we can't see mm-hmm. in the in the realm of the unseen, right? So we have this: you have angels and demons, and you have uh, different levels, and and those are in other places of scripture considered. Gods, lowercase g's. Yeah, so I think one thing that people, when I first was reading all about this and introduced to um, the, the, con- the concept, the of, concept this. of this, uh, it was stressed that, you know, initially, if anyone's listening to this and then they just heard you say, there are other gods, lowercase g, um, Western Americans who I assume, you know, Westerners right. or Americans. Yeah. Because um, there's people listening to this in the UK and other places. Yeah, we do. We which have, is cool. Yeah. Uh, shout out to them. But yeah. anyways, to like our minds have been pro not programmed, but uh, that when you hear, like when you see the word G-O-D, that means a specific thing. And anything that is used for that 
is bad or it's sacrilegious or it's heretical or it's wrong it's just or it's wrong yeah, you know there's only not it's a lie that there's exist. only one you know the term god right th- that only relates to one right so so this is the thing so god god calls himself i am right He's, he identifies himself as i am jesus affirms that in the gospels but then you also have this title called elohim that he uses for himself it's his very first it's his very first description of who he is in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1 is Elohim. That's the first description of his name that we get, Elohim, in Genesis 1, 26, 27. So you, that word, we just, we're just really making sure that everyone understands that word, Elohim. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing we can talk about since you were going back and talking. We mentioned about Eve. Yeah. You made that reference. So here's one of the things that, people under you know when you think about the the story of eve adam and eve all of a sudden the snake starts talking to her right it mm-hmm. says you know the serpent yeah why wouldn't she <laughs> it, it doesn't say she goes oh what what happened oh my god this is a snake that's talking to me right yeah she's totally cool and she's just like talking with it yeah why because the serpent probably i mean i don't know if you know it says the serpent so that's the form but she understood that there were other spiritual beings that inhabited uh, the the you know it, you know the right. universe. Like if right now a, a dog started talking to me, you know, and it yeah. said it was an angel, well, I'd probably get I'd have to get something <laughs> checked out. Uh, maybe I'll start a cult. <laughs> there you go. But you know what I mean. Like, Are you doing dishes when you hear this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know that's something that is important. Like back then, she understood that there were other spiritual beings out there. And so it wasn't a big shock to her yeah, well, that we, a spiritual being was talking because it was Satan. It, yeah, it's it's Satan, right? So we know we know because of other parts of Scripture that it that it identifies it later as right, right. being Lucifer, you know, Satan, and he was one of these lowercase Elohim, one of these lowercase G Elohim. So he was a an Elohim in the sense that he was a created being that was divine in some way. Yeah. He, now, he has certain powers that man does not possess, but he does not have all the power that God has. Mm-hmm. So he's an Elohim, just like God's an Elohim, but he's not God. Right. He's a God in the sense that he does rule over things. He does have control. I mean, God cast him down to the earth and made the earth his dominion. So the earth is his dominion, and he wants to rule over it. And so... And like this, this will blow your mind a little bit, and we're way off here. I'm going to get back to the Raelians yeah. in a second, Raelians. But um, but you know his dominions here, and we're called to establish God's kingdom on earth, right? That's what we're called to do: go into the world and preach the gospel, and basically advance God's kingdom. And we're preparing it for, because He's going to establish His kingdom here on earth entirely at some point, right? And that's when He's going to remove. Satan completely and all of the enemy and all the darkness and all the sin. And they you won't, know. you know, they they won't have the, the, I don't want to say this in a way, um, but like when you said that God let Satan rule over earth. Yeah. So that's the thing. This is his dominion. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's placed in a position of, uh, I don't want he to say. He has authority. He has authority here yeah. within it. So Right. And then his authority will be. I mean, he'll be cast into the lake of fire. You know? Right, like he yeah. will be. He will have no authority. It comes to an anymore. end. Well, what I love about that is, though the earth is his dominion, the earth is Jesus's footstool. Right, right. Because yeah. he's been esteemed and put on the right hand of God, where the earth is his footstool. So he's still 
that he still belongs to the to the to Jesus. That he's right. Yeah, the God is God. Uh, Jesus, Satan is God's devil. You know what I mean? Like he's he can't go where he's not supposed to go. Right. Yeah. Know? He's confined to right. certain things, and he's limited. In, yeah. In his, but he does have a realm of authority in the earth, the kingdom of the air. I mean, like I think know? of the story of Job. Right. Right. Yeah. Perfect example. And we should we should unpack this maybe on on another episode yeah. too. I think, <laughs> I think we just t- open something that people uh, yeah. are going to want to hear more about. Yeah, but. I love talking about this, and yeah. I'm, I've been digging into this for a while, and I'm I'm digging it. So, so let's <laughs> so, go. Let's transition back to the Rayleigh. Leave him, we'll give him a little taste. Leave him wanting more. We'll yeah, come, we'll we'll talk. We'll touch about this. We just, we just breadcrumbs. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so Elohim. Back we got off on that tangent. So he says. Uh, but this is what he says. Elohim means this is the Raelian guy. So we're back to Raelian cult, dude. He says Elohim means those who came from the sky. So that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That's not what it means. So uh, he's wrong on two counts. Now he's calling the. He says that the is Islam calls on Yahweh as God, which they don't, and uh, he's saying that Elohim means it comes from the sky. Those who came from the sky. Uh, Raelians are great fun. Uh, mainly because of their history of making major news stories. Initially, <laughs> their use of a of a combination of Jewish Star of David with the Nazi swastika <laughs> scrawled over the top made headlines in the U.S. More recently, in 2002, they were involved in a debate regarding the world's first cloned human. <laughs> I actually remember reading about that. Um, Carter, a charismatic speaker and an actor by trade, that's important to remember, is proud of the fact that the subsequent public debate forced the UK to look at its rules on cloning and as a result, now lead the way in stem cell research. So, okay, good for you. You helped advance stem cell, which I've had stem cell therapy and it didn't work. So, (laughs) screw you, Raylian. So, let's, let's talk about this for just a minute. So, this guy, Glenn Carter, he started this Raylian cult, which he calls it a philosophy. And he really says he's basically trying to hijack all of the truth that's been revealed over thousands of years through prophets from of God mm-hmm. and God himself through Jesus and other other methods. And he's basically saying, no, all of that that you understand is wrong because God's it's basically the ancient aliens, you know, it's that kind of leaning into the ancient aliens thing. And, yeah. and if you don't know what ancient aliens are, there's a TV show on Discovery about it. <laughs> It's um I've watched it a few they times. They have like twenty five seasons. Yeah. I don't know. It's something ridiculous. I don't They're, understand. How I know. They can... I've watched a few, a handful of episodes, and I get about a third of the way through, and I'm just like, this is so hogwash. Yeah. Like I can't even take it seriously. But for whatever reason, man, people watch it, and what they basically they believe in something that's called panspermia. I think is what it's called. Or yeah. Panspermia. Yeah. Panspermia. And uh, so basically, from another planet, aliens came and they basically. Uh, put life on our planet and they gave us all of these concepts about god and religion and government and all these they kind of like implanted all these things and they're going to return someday yeah and see so they would hijack things with like uh um like a good one is they'll point to old uh paintings yeah uh christian paintings right and they'll say like oh look you can see this ufo Painted there's in the a background. U- there's, a, yeah. there's a UFO. Like there's famous ones where it's like Jesus is being crucified, and there's all these aliens, and they'll say, "Look, see, Jesus was an alien." So the, I mean, th- this is a common thing. That I don't know if the Raelians say that, 
but they'll say Jesus is was an alien. That's how that's how he had uh, supernatural powers is because he came to a place or and then you look at the painting and they'll go, well, look, see, there's UFOs at the thing. And so when Jesus was resurrected, you know, he ascended to the sky. He's going back home to his, you know, the he's going getting shipped back on his that's right UFO. And so just another tidbit. If you go look very closely at those things, and there's tons of videos about these, it's actually the Holy Spirit. That's how they represented the UFO. And if you look closely in like a lot of these pictures, yeah. where they're like, look at all these, you know, the ancient aliens will say, look at all these people that you can see faces in it. And it's like, yeah. yeah, those are angels. Right, right. Watching. Or, they'll, you know, you look in the center and it's actually a dove, you yeah. know, like right. all this stuff. <laughs> right, right. So just... Well, besides For anyone that, else listening, there are no UFOs. <laughs> that that's not a thing. That's not. You don't have to worry about that. If they, if you actually do a little bit of research into it, totally blown away. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Well, uh, ancient aliens in particular. Yeah, like that whole thing. Yeah. But and there's this other guy, uh, Eric, or it's it's like Eric von uh, right right Danicky or something like that. He wrote tons of books. Okay. About all this stuff. Well, and this is like like I've heard like um, them use the book of Ezekiel with the vision, or like he uses in this article about Elijah being yeah. taken away in a chariots of fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and Ezekiel, it's really the throne of God's coming to them, and he's got these creatures, and they're on fire, and they're breathing, and they're, there's wheels within wheels, and all these other things they have multiple faces, and they would they would say, oh no, that's an so that's the author's way of not being able to describe an alien spacecraft coming right, down, because right? they yeah. don't have metallic yeah. flying ships or right. something like that. Yeah, and another, I was going to say another thing that I touched on, I brought up Hinduism. If you look in these old uh, Hindu. They're not like Sumatras. Maybe that's it. Or maybe, I can't remember. Okay. But there's a term, and it gets thrown in with the ancient alien stuff because there's all these Hindu ancient writings yeah. talking about uh, gods coming down in metallic ships and stuff like that. Okay. So that, that which is just crazy on it. I mean, if you read into it, but there's actually all this like Hinduism stuff. That they talk, they they have writings about kind of threaded around it and all. Yeah, yeah, so they take a lot of that and they'll conflate it and say, you know, this is what actually Christianity means because these other right old people, you know, wrote about it. So it must be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Or it must be right because it's old. Right. Yeah. Or right. Yeah. Um, or it's new. Like it's new in the sense like we didn't know this before. Right. Or, yeah. Or, so I yeah. So so here was the progression. So it started off as like just a little bit of a deviation from the truth in a you know church and then then a weird vision of Jesus and then another one that was totally just a different spiritual from yoga all the way you know hindu all the way you know being wrapped into it and then now you have this one where it's saying basically all truth is coming from this alien source the raelians and they are you know it was a green 3 foot green three monster and a half foot, yeah, yeah three and a half foot green skinny monster i guess or uh, alien and these are where we get all of our religions from and and so basically in a nutshell all of these cults are are really attacking the truth mm-hmm. and so at their heart and at their root they're very dangerous in this and this is where i want to kind of like serious it up for a minute they're dangerous in the sense that you're you're they're attacking truth and drawing people away from the truth and some of them are very close to sounding like the truth that it's very hard to discern 
if they're right or wrong and they're believable. Yeah. I was going to say like with this thing, like the time we just spent dispelling all this stuff that came up. Yeah. If someone doesn't like, I don't want to say like a baby Christian or someone who doesn't have a, who, what you you started off with, why you need to know your Bible. You need to know just the basic tenets, orthodoxy and stuff like that. Um, and I, I'll preface this by saying, if you don't know it, and if you hear some of this stuff, so you shouldn't be scared to go talk to your pastor and say like, hey, what a, like, I heard this stuff about ancient UFOs. Yeah. Like, can you, I don't know what to believe. You know, yeah. like, it's totally, the, the cool thing about like Christianity is that it welcomes Christians to question their beliefs. That's and right. Tr- in, the, in the thing to, I don't, under- I don't understand this. Yeah. And if you search it, there's always like a, a, an answer. Yeah. That like it's totally open and that's one of the things that is a, makes Christianity not a cult is that you can question every single belief. Yeah. And no one should be scared of it. You right. shouldn't be scared of it. Right. But what I was going to say is so they take these things that seem um hard to believe or you know like people say there's a lot of people that believe in aliens right right and then all like it makes just enough sense because they'll say stuff like you know what if adam and eve were like or the the you know the the garden of eden was actually a spaceship right you know what i mean and so adam and eve were actually you know the two beings or the two organisms that were sent here. The panspermia. The right. panspermia. So yeah. then all of a sudden, if you don't know anything, you hear that and you're like, oh, well, that kind of that kind of makes sense in a metaphorical. Maybe, you know, the author of Genesis didn't know how to say it or, you know, that's how he described it yeah. in this way. And so if you didn't know any better, you're like, well, I guess that makes sense because, yeah, that's that's that's. Right. That kind of answers a lot of different questions. And as we as our culture becomes less and less biblically Christ, minded yeah. and biblically centered, you know, and and ignorant and our churches are, be, are less and less teaching the actual Bible, which is important part of this too, um you're going to have an easier uh an easily compelled, you know, people that are drawn into lies. Yeah, I mean and, even just the whole thing that we were talking about uh <laughs> you know the the word Elohim or the word God, yeah, like that. It, when you look into like the uh, what do they call it the uh, the biblical kingdom or <coughs> I can't remember what the, the the council of the gods is. Yeah, like you know, without going too much back into that stuff. Yeah, like that explains so much. Like you know, it, it, it seems like the it's one of those things that is not teached. And then pastors will just say like, "Oh yeah, you know when it says when it talks about like a council, you know, of gods right, or something right. like that, they'll say that you know it, that, that might be a mistranslation or it doesn't actually mean gods; it means you know something else." And they'll explain it away, yeah, and it makes it seem like Christian, like, "Oh, what are they hiding or what is there?" And there has to be some secret thing that we don't know. And then you get some crazy guy that says, "Oh, this is actually what that means," and you're like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense," and you integrate it and you bring it into a Christian worldview where you can look into this stuff and all of a sudden you find something that is biblical. Right. And it, 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 uh, explains it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, you know. That's the biggest thing is it explains it. And and, and it's consistent. Like it's it's not right. like uh, you can tell you can take it and put it against the rest of the Bible and it all still makes sense. Right. And it makes more sense and it makes more of the Bible make sense in a way. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think the Elohim as a as a defend uh, as a definition for the Trinity is not accurate. I think it, I think that's part of it. I think there's more to it though. Right. It's not inaccurate, but it's not complete. Right. And so I think when we look at the word Elohim in particular, it's a, it's a it's a special word that God used in the Hebrew understood what it meant. And you were mentioning like thinking of it from a Western mindset. Yeah. Uh, we always forget that the Bible was written <laughs> to a group of people that were not Western American mindset, not not post Roman any of that stuff. Yeah. Right. And so when the old te- Old Testament in particular, and when you get into the ministry of Jesus included in that they just had a a mentality and understanding and a view of things that were the way they were written the way it was spoken that were very different than the way that's why sometimes the bible can be confusing to our western minds yeah because we're filtering and interpreting through our understanding of culture our understanding of what those words mean and um they're not what they necessarily meant in the bible yeah like when the writer wrote it yeah like all the the jews first century uh, first temple jews and all that when they read like they they totally totally knew yeah that there was a spiritual realm and like yeah these that you know all the stuff in the old testament with, with the prophets of baal and stuff like that actually doing stuff like they prayed for something right the, right and then something happened so there was power behind some of their stuff right yeah. so you would say like but you know that just gets kind of swept away. How are they doing that? Are they doing that ma- with with magic? Are they right. no? There is a being. Well, magic's a whole other thing. Yeah, but I mean, you, it's it makes a lot more sense when you look at that and you go, well, God wasn't. You know, they weren't praying to Baal, and then God was doing stuff for them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it had to be. But there was something supernatural. There's some other power source other than just God. Yeah, and that has these abilities to do certain things. Yeah, and that's that makes so much more sense when you realize, and it's not that big of a jump to say, oh, it's it's the fallen angel. Like, right? When you think about it, yeah, of course they're going to have more power than humans can. Right? You know what I mean? So why would it not pass our mind that a demon would speak to some Rayleigh, some dude about Raelian, and give him just feed these lies into his open mind, his willingness to hear from yeah. this weird spirit? I was just thinking of this uh, first when. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it says, yeah, you know, Lucifer comes. I'm terribly not saying it correctly. I'm butchering <laughs> it. Yeah. But Lucifer comes in the guise of an angel of light. Yes. To deceive. Yeah. yeah was it Jesus that said that? Corinthians. It's Paul wrote okay. that. But yeah, he comes as an angel of light. So he may seem good. And that's where you get these ideas that kind of fill in some blanks that right. will lead a whole bunch of people astray. Right. Right. And so. As our culture regresses from biblical knowledge and as as our the rest of our culture is hungering for a spirit, hungering for a spiritual connection, the greater possibility for these cults to get traction and be believable. That's the part that frustrates me. And I think that's the part as Christians we need to really be aware of is that that our culture is prime for the emergence of a bunch of cults to start popping up right now, especially as we suppress God, the knowledge of God, the truth, and um, and Christians don't know their Bibles, they don't know the truth, they can't, they can't share the gospel successfully or articulate it 
how to be saved and what God is about um, very well because they've been just, they've kind of much, and I'm not saying they, I mean, I'm, I am one of these in some senses, but the church, the culture of the Christians have become culturally Christian and consumeristic, and so they're not interested in defining the truth. They just want to be entertained. They want to find a comfortable seat. They want to have a good coffee shop. They want to have a big building, whatever the case may be. And so there's a lot of things at play here. Um, and so what it reminds me of is um, 1994, um, I went to Russia on a mission trip for a month. It had just opened up from communism. The town that I was in was Sochi, where they had the Olympics. Mm. And um, Sochi is a pretty nice town in Russia. At that time, it was it would be considered the Miami of Russia. <laughs> it's right on the Black Sea. Yeah, right. Uh, beaches. <laughs> yeah, the beaches. Right. You couldn't get in the water because it was cold in in June. Uh, but uh, and the beaches were rocks. They weren't. <laughs> right. It was literally pebble rocks. It wasn't sand. Um, but uh, but we went there and we were helping a church plant. But one of the things that I noticed is that there was this huge influx of all of these cults, the the Jehovah Witness, the Mormons, the the Hare Krishnas, the all of these cults were right there alongside us as we were sharing the gospel with people. Um, and the problem was is that the people had been cut off from all true authentic spirituality for 75 years. So an entire generation was hungry and they were longing to be fulfilled they had practiced divination, they'd read tea leaves, and they'd done palm reading, they'd done all this occult stuff to try and get some sort of spiritual grounding, but it always ended up falling short for them. And now you bring the gospel, and now they're seeing the light, and there was like revival happening. Mm. But right alongside that were these cults that were trying to steal away the sheep that were being found, you know, and really um, prevent the gospel you know, from having its full effect. But the reason it was so powerful is because the people were so open and hungry because it had been denied in their culture for 75 years. Yeah, thanks socialism and co- communism. Well, listen, think think of political correctness and, and what it could do to Christianity and the ability to freely speak of the gospel because the gospel is offensive to people. You're telling people that they're in sin and they need to repent and come to faith in Christ. Yeah, I mean, we did a whole podcast on this, so go listen to it. Right, yeah. yeah. But my point is is that it's literally, there's a there's probably some massive spiritual movement to try and repress the truth in our nation so that these type of things can get a foothold and grow and keep people in deception. Yeah, yeah. So that's all, that's all I was saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so now as we were talking, I'm thinking, you mentioned the Second Temple Jews, uh, which were the Jews that lived in Jesus' time. The second temple, so there, people don't understand, there's been, there were two, there's been two temples. The first temple Solomon built, and then that one was uh, destroyed, and then they built a, a second temple uh, when Nehemiah came back, and then that temple was destroyed in 70 AD. And um, there is, um, prophetically, a third temple to be built in Israel on the Temple Mount, which is where the Dome of the Rock is. And so, um, miraculously, this is going to come to, about, to be about, and I want to do a podcast on the Third Temple and yeah. some of that stuff, because there's some pretty cool stuff happening right now, historically, prophetically, that would affect that. But um, but that, yeah, and we also want to talk about the Elohim more. So we got some, <laughs> we got, we just, on this podcast, we unfolded a couple future podcasts, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I think it'll be really fun to yeah. unpack some of these things. Some crazy, uh, as was told clickbait theology stuff that right. actually is uh, pr- really interesting and uh, well important. I would say you can call it clickbait if you want, but it's actually 
opening up the hood to some things and really understanding what's happening yeah. in our in our world. Um, and, and like really, it, it actually builds the faith of an individual when they get these things down and yeah. they realize, you know, where they are. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, man. So that's... Uh, that's our series on cults. <laughs> we maybe come back to this later on another time and and uh, give updates or pack you know unpack some more cults or even um, if we get some more insight on things. But um, you know, I, like I said, Kingdom of the Cults is a great book. Norman Geisler, I would recommend that book for any of our listening audience to get. It's good to just have on the shelf if the Mormons knock on your door, if the Jehovah Witness come knocking. Having that book handy is really good to read and understand what they truly believe. I was going to say, you know? yeah, uh, the thing with <laughs> that book is um, it, it doesn't go into like all these super obscure cults, but right. these aren't the ones. That you're probably not going to get a Raelian that's, right. that's yeah. knocking on your door. <laughs> right. So, right. And we specifically didn't talk about oh, yeah. the, the big cults because they're, you, you can hear uh, yeah. anywhere. But yeah, like if you want to know about Mormons, uh, Apologia, that's a great podcast. Just yeah. go listen to Jeff Durbin in Apologia. He's got a ministry to Mormons, and he's very, very um, gifted in you know speaking to them, debating them. Great, you know, great guy. Yeah. So I would. That's who I would say is probably someone there. But, but, um, but yeah, I, I just meant to, there's ministries everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's a good book just to have in case. Yeah. The people. Yeah. That we didn't talk about, but are the ones you'll probably right, right. So we helped most you most likely encounter. We helped you in no bit with these three podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm looking forward to the next couple podcasts. We do have, you know, just for our listeners, we have some some guests that are coming on soon, and we have some cool stuff lined up. And um, I'm excited about just how 2019 is beginning to unfold in our little podcast here. And as usual, we would we would say to you, thank you for listening to this podcast because without you, it wouldn't be possible. And we would also say, hey, if if you like what you hear, share us with a friend. Um, the the only way that we're going to continue to have reach and um, be known is when people like you share us with your friends. And we know we're not for everyone, but if you give us a chance, we grow on you like a good mold. So. <laughs> Anyways, so we just appreciate everybody who listens and gives us the time. Yeah. Hey, man, Rosie, it's been awesome. It has been awesome. That was a fun series. And uh, listener, we thank you so much. We will catch you next time on All Out War. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at All Out Warcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.